0: we
2: Folks here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050, WTKA online at WTKA.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Tribe on the other side. And of course, the MGO Blog Roundtable crew. So I need my my guys every week, my guys from MGO Blog. But especially this week, I'm trying to find reasons to respect Michigan State. I feel like the only guy who is capable of doing that is maybe Seth Fisher. Because mm-hmm. he, he can always bring out one thing or two that's like to make you say, okay, well, Michigan State does have this. I got to tell you, I don't see a whole lot over there, guys. And maybe by the end of this show, there might be some reasons to be a little bit nervous, but there would be some nervousness or trepidation. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll get started though with the man who started it all over at MGO Blog, my man Brian Cook, BC. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. I like the Michigan state football program. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Right? <laughs> All right. Craig Ross, you respect uh, Michigan state this year.
3: Um, well, I, I did watch the Rutgers game and they're about the same as Rutgers. And so they're not a terrible team. So yeah. And weird things happen in East Lansing. They've happened over and over. You take a non-terrible team, and I don't think Michigan State's a terrible team, and the historical weirdness that goes on there. Uh, you know, I'm wary. Maybe that's the.
2: They're word. not a terrible team. Didn't Kyle guy run it like 37 straight times at the end of that game, and they didn't stop him. Yes. yes.
3: yes. Yeah. Also,
0: also the like they're about as good as Rutgers. They're not a terrible team. Is like what. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, it's not the highest praise, but they're okay team. I mean, that's
1: all right. Seth, go for it. You you make me make me nervous. All right, Sam. Yesterday, I spoke to Greg Dooley's class, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I told them. All right. After World War II, there was the GI Bill, and this transformed universities across the country and this guy John Hanna who was the president of Michigan State was the one who took the most advantage of it of anybody he got took guys in the GI Bill he filled one dorm with them Used the money from that to fill to build another dorm use that money from that to build another dorm Michigan State is no longer the tiny little MAC school that we all know and love from before the 1940s they are now a major university they have a fantastic uh, education program They send more kids abroad than any other school in the Big Ten. And I think that the things that they are doing at Michigan State, Mm -hmm. other than on the top level and other than the football program and some other things, plus, plus, Sam, their hockey team is back. So I think it's time that we all give Michigan State State the respect they deserve. You gave me reason to respect the school, right? (laughs) You, You just told
2: me. Harold Melvin in the blue notes is a great group. That, that they are. Okay. But, <laughs> but the, the one that we are talking about right now, the, 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 it's Word. not, it's not about the whole. It's about the piece. Like I didn't respect Harold Melvin. This candy Pendergrass was the group, right? Tell me why. The specific piece, the football piece. Why should I respect that? Why should I respect them this season? Why should I fear them? this
1: season. Uh Jonathan Miss- Kim kicked the fifty eight yard field goal.
3: <laughs> no he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> so so I, I
2: tell you what, I look around and I question even more after what's this A uh, uh, Hauser, the, the new quarterback?
3: Caitlin Hauser. So why
2: why was he not
1: the quarterback to begin with? Because why- he sucks. But he's better than. Well, he's he's terrible on a down to down scenario, right? Like every single time Katen Hauser throws the ball, it's not well. Every single time he's reading the defense, he doesn't do a good job of it. What he doesn't do is throw back breaking interceptions like Noah Kim. Yes, (laughs) he does. (laughs) It's just that Rutgers decided they were going to drop him. All right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, how about this? Well, what about when they were saying that Noah Kim. What's gonna be better than Peyton Thunder? It's like who was doing these evals up at Michigan State?
0: Well, uh, nobody apparently. I mean, the funniest thing I may have seen on Twitter in about a year is there's this MSU honk on Twitter who got on Matt Charbonneau's case
3: because
0: <clears throat> Charbonneau after the Michigan State spring game, said that if you thought Peyton Hauser was the best of the three quarterbacks, you're not a serious person. And this guy posted like 16 laughing emojis at Charbonneau and Caden Hauser threw for 4.9 yards an attempt. <laughs> like it was that performance that caused the Michigan state Twitter person to be like, I told you this guy is better than the rest of our quarterbacks combined.
2: <laughs> right. See, but that's how sad, that's the, how sad the state of affairs are in Michigan state right now. And he, and so, Historically, we talk about how strange things happen. We talked about 90, talked about 95, right? Talked about 01. This is crazy cheating type stuff. Have we go back to the 87 and and the, the steroid era of Michigan State? All that they do crazy, crazy cheating type stuff. But that's when they had talent. 87, you got you know Andre Rising and the crew. In the early 90s, you got some guys up there that go on and and Play in the NFL in the mid 90s. I just talked about Tony Banks and Derek Mason and all those Musham Muhammad, right? 2001, you got TJ Duckett on the squad. Who's on this squad that you look at and you say, Oh man, that guy could get us? Uh, Keon Coleman's not walking through that door this
1: time. No, yeah, all right, so I'll did. give you the guy I like the most. We saw him last year for UConn, Nate Carter, that running oh, back on. who like broke a bunch Jeez. of tackles for UConn last year. He is yeah. a bowling ball, he's a he's Ugh.
3: he's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I want to stick Michigan is played state, out, Seth. I, I can't I can't.
1: How can it be played out, Brian? Back. I have like four more notes on this.
0: No, no, no. Like you're talking about these other Michigan state teams that were able to pull up says one. Those Michigan teams weren't as good as this Michigan team. Two. Two. As mentioned, you know, they had talent. If it was 1987, Keon Coleman would still be on the team, right?
2: Right. right. But
0: it's the portal era, so he's out of here. And the guys that they brought in through the portal, Carter, <coughs> Carter's decent and their kicker's pretty good and everybody else isn't even playing. So it's basically the same Michigan State team as last year in terms of available talent, except the one guy who's going to go in the first round and their starting quarterback are no longer on the team. So then Jacoby Windman is also out. They're still playing Cal Halliday at linebacker, despite the fact that he runs like a donkey that's been shot. Like,
2: <laughs> uh, come
3: on, he's not that bad. He, I, he okay. I mean, he's
0: he's a run stuffer. But if you put him in space against Donovan Edwards, that's only in one way, and that's with Cal Halliday grasping at air with so, no gloves you know, on. And on top of everything, like you look, go back and you look at that Rutgers game, and you're like, oh, that was a really fluky. Sparty no performance there at the end. But then you look at what happened in the first half and Rutgers just threw a bunch of interceptions for no reason. It's <laughs> not like they were pressured. It was just Gavin Wimsack going going crazy. And Rutgers outgained Michigan State by 50 by the end of that game. And the last seven minutes were Rutgers just killing the rest of the, the football game. So I think Rutgers is clearly better than Michigan State.
2: I do too. I do too. This yeah. is I think this, is about a, the same. this is the
3: shame.
2: This is no Craig. I mean, this squad, it took, it took a an epic, epic, epic kind of uh breakdown in the first half of that game for Michigan State to kind of get to where, like Brian said, you know, you, you got Gavin Wims at throwing it to the other team. It's like they realized, all right, let's just give it to Kyle Manunga. Let's uh let's rely on our Oh, Michigan State making some mistakes. You got a special teams faux pas. How do you line up? Tell me about what, when do you line up for an onside kick? Can you, can you guys explain to me the rules of that? <laughs> like, when, when is it appropriate to line up for an on- These seem like basic things. I've been sticking up for Harlan Barnett saying he should get a shot, right? And then you go out there and do that. And Rutgers is like, okay, you're going to line up for an onside kick at this point in the game. You've done it two times in a row. We're going to get you the second time. And it winds up in the turnover. I, I just, th- this kind of stuff, is worse Michigan State than I think we've seen. I don't know that I've ever seen a Michigan State team be this bad. Oh, well, it's like a
0: John L. Smith team without the talent. Like those teams actually had like Charles Rogers on them. Right. And now they're making the same Drew Stan, the same level of mistakes, but they don't have anybody. And (laughs) if you look at their wide receiver core now, it's like Trey Mosley, who's okay. And Malik Carr, who's like, okay. But those guys aren't those guys aren't really game breakers, and um, yeah, I
1: mean, there's you know, a couple guys that I that I have a little more respect for now. Nick Samak and JD Duplaine have been playing together for ages. They are much better than they were when we first started charting them. And like the starting offensive line is just is not. I I used to like call the entire offensive line garbage, and they're not. They're every single one of those guys is playable. Now play would anyone be able to start no no one on their offense would be able to start at Michigan on defense um, Simeon Barrow is a dude to tackle you know they've been developing tackles for a long time and I think they've got one left that's that's pretty good and then they got Dylan Tatum out there uh, they have him playing cornerback and he doesn't actually look that bad so you know when you look at Michigan what we got and like you know could we have used that guy if we gotten him yeah we probably could use that guy
3: yeah i i I tend to believe they're a competent team. I don't, I mean, I believe they're, you know, I don't think okay, they're a great Craig, team. Okay, why?
0: Good team. Why do you believe that they are a competent team? Because what? I
3: watched them play Rutgers, who I also think is a competent team, and that was a very even game. Uh, and, and it took, I agree that Michigan State was lucky with the mistakes Rutgers made early, <clears throat> but, you know, they ran Rutgers, did stomp them in the second half, but you know, Jack it- Tuttle
0: played in the second quarter in the Washington Michigan State game. I don't know how, but he did. Yeah. And they lost 31 to 9 to Maryland.
3: Yeah. They gave well- up
0: 26 points to Iowa. Yeah. <laughs>
3: OK, just so well,
0: over the Mendoza line. <laughs> what like what are we what are we doing here, Seth? Did, yeah, then Washington. What are we seven, doing here, Chris? Washington has 700 yards in that game. 700 yards in of one offense. game, Craig. In one and game Washington
3: is, may be as good as anybody in the country. Washington may be as good
0: as Michigan. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's true.
0: That is they may be <laughs> as good as Michigan. All right. Let's talk. And what about the what is what is with
1: the Eeyore stuff? Come on, we're not being. I'm not being an Eeyore here. I I had a bit. I showed up with a bit prepared for the for the radio when I ran my bit.
2: All right. Well, so so how about this? It will require a letdown of epic proportions by Michigan. So give me your takeaways from the Michigan Indiana victory. They won fifty two to seven. But if we were were there, was there anything? Yeah, both both things that you were encouraged by that you saw in that game, was there anything that you were like, hey, they need to work on that? What about that, Brian?
0: Well, so I thought uh, Tom Allen did a pretty good job of uh, mixing stuff up and getting Michigan to block the wrong guys. And that's something that has been a little bit of an issue thus far this year. But the other thing is that, oh, my God, the poo-poo platter of different run plays that Michigan threw out in this game. I was like, what is that? Because hmm and I, I, there's too much in the weeds for radio but there were three or four different plays that are subtly different from what Michigan is, is usually running and they look exactly like duo except it's they're pulling a guy and it, it just I was I, I was struggling to come up with names for all these things because <laughs> I don't know what's in the playbook but uh, I like, think so I'm trying to like communicate what these plays are and I think that is encouraging because what we're going to see down the stretch is more and more of that Mm -hmm. where Michigan is throwing 18 different run plays at you in a game. And you're going to have to try to defend all of them.
3: Yeah. And the third, uh, in the third drive in the, that Michigan had where they scored the touchdown. I I mean, it was remarkable. Uh, And I think Seth talked about this extensively this week on, 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 on your site. Mm -hmm. I mean, with duo, as I get, you guys can correct me, but as I get it, uh, the theory is to have a linebacker responsible for two gaps, and then the and then the running back has to beat the linebacker, you know, who's got two gaps to cover. and And it looks like to me what what was happening and uh, was that they were bringing the linebackers down, so they had both gaps covered, and then Michigan sort of scrunched them. And did something, according to Seth, called either Windback Zone Wine, or counter yeah. or counter duo, where they sealed sealed the sealed the these guys inside. brought the brought the uh, wineback guy once. It was Roman Wilson <laughs> to the mm-hmm. edge, and all of a sudden, you've got an outside play with uh, Indiana sort of wasting bodies on the interior of of the line. Is, is that yeah. more well, or less. Yeah, it's so that?
1: duo's duo's an inside run, right? Where yeah. and the way that teams like to play duo is they like to pinch their guys inside and then run their linebackers at the line of scrimmage. So Michigan lets them pinch their guys inside, run their linebackers at the line of scrimmage, and then just runs around them. And you have you right. lead block and you kick out the edge and you run a power power to a gap outside of where the duo action is normally happening, so they're just wasting all their guys there, and then all they have to, now they have to turn around and chase you, right? And that's that's why that play works. It's there are counters to all the things that Michigan likes to run, and Michigan did very little, I think, in this game. Brian did the charting on it, but of the things that they actually like to run, I, I think I saw them run duo one time or twice or something. No, but like, they
0: they ran it a number of times. Yeah, um, yeah. The,
2: the the simplified simplified a version. Uh-huh. A great description. Simplified version. Uh, Craig is the running back is reading the mic on duo. Right. If the linebacker crashes, he's going to bounce it outside. Right. If the linebacker tries to flow over the top, he's going to cut it up inside. But Michigan keeps coming up with different manifestations of duo. That's what You're I. You're mean. talking about yeah. the one where they had. They had Roman coming across, leading up inside on a, on a counter duo. They ran a, a duo bluff in this game that if J.J. pulls it, if yeah. J.J. pulls it, you can see him on all 22. got to be like, oh, damn it, I should have pulled that. Because if he pulls it, he's still running with an escort up the field. That's going to be a touchdown. I saw the Lions run that last year. Oh, not? I saw the Bears run it against the Lions last year. They ran a duo bluff. And, you know, Justin Fields comes around, he has an escort around, he runs for 60 yards. I don't know if JJ's going to run for 60 yards, but it's there. And they, Michigan put that in the arsenal this week. They are ready for any anytime you think you're keying on their plays. And this is a great point that Brian just made. They got ways to knock you off their base stuff. I thought we seen every way to run a duo, and clearly we have not.
3: Well, they ran down G in that series, too, at least twice. Mm-hmm. And then the, I also think they ran, I don't know what to call it, down T, where they pulled the tackle to the boundary and had, had the tight that end was, blocked down.
0: That was a crack sweep.
3: That was a crack sweep. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you get the crack block from the tight end and then you pull outside. That was something they ran last week, but it didn't work out. And this week. I mean, if you've got everybody focused on the inside of your defense, as we've we've talked about on this show for basically all year, talking about how Michigan is going to get to the perimeter. And the outside zone didn't really seem to work work out. And we saw like one kind of manifestation on on a play I call dart, which is basically uh, outside zone on the backside. And then you pull the, the front side guard and block down. So it's kind of like you get a little bit of that outside zone action, but then you get to, run a gap scheme on the front. It's weird, and I hadn't seen it before this season, but I saw it in this game. As mentioned, there is a legit down G. They didn't really run their dive at all in this game because people are keying on it, and so everything was really easy because as soon as you pulled a guy, it was like, okay, what's Max Bredesen versus a defensive back going to look like? <laughs>
3: <laughs> or two the of them. Max, Max Bredesen yeah. was unbelievable in this game. I don't he know how you awesome. scored him. He has an but- I mean, but he's just been great. Uh, well, yeah, so he enough.
0: he was third going into this game in pro football focuses, tight end, run blocking, and now he's first. Okay. And guess who number two is?
1: Barner. Uh,
2: Barner.
0: A.J. Barner. I don't <laughs> so, know how
2: Bredesen was ever not number one. He's been fantastic.
0: I mean, Bredesen – I mean, Barner's been just as good, and Barner's yeah. getting more snaps, so, like – Bredesen's usually coming in for around twenty snaps, and Barner has been, I think, the guy with the most snaps among the wide receivers, tight ends in the last two weeks.
3: So, so, Cade so and all in a trade for Barner and Tuttle was probably a good trade.
0: I think that was probably a win for Michigan <laughs> because, all, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll due respect to Eric, oh, all, yeah, I, I mean, good player. AJ Barner is the best blocking tight end I've charted, like. Period. And the thing is, he wasn't grading out very well at Indiana last year. And I just feel like the scout there for Michigan was incredible because he didn't play against us. So you're picking up a guy who, you know, the popular imagination doesn't think a whole lot of. And you didn't get a personal experience with him. And still, he's he's just crushing it. So I think uh, there was a pro football focus guy who posted. Um, there was a tweet. Where he was listing the widest teams in the nation and the the least wide teams in the nation, and Michigan is the least wide team in America. And this is—you <laughs> is, mean this... It,
3: wait? You need to define that.
0: Wide like, like, is like like how all where 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 all your people are on the line. Yeah, so if okay. you are putting four wide receivers outside the hashes, that's wide. If you're running three tight ends out there, that's not very wide. Right, okay. And so for Michigan to be the number one least wide team in the country when there are still like service academies out there really, I think speaks to the depth of this tight end core and how much they like him. And then AJ Barner, he gets a stop and go that gets called the cornerback plays it well. And so JJ is just like, all right, we're going to make this a back shoulder and he brings it in. Like he's Randy Moss. I, <laughs> I mean, that's probably exaggerating it, but this guy is, I mean, he's an NFL player. Obviously he's obviously an NFL player.
2: Yeah, man, this is uh, what about J.J. McCarthy? I mean, this was, I think, his best performance of the season. I don't know if you guys agree, but tell me what you think of J.J. in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, considering how much pressure he was under. Yeah, like his ability to leave the pocket and still get productive things done. This was his his best game of the season, um, at least from a making plays perspective. Like, I think there were a couple sacks that were on him. And you mentioned the missed read. So, you know, decision-making was a little bit tougher in this game because Indiana was getting guys through. And that is a bit of a concern because a lot of those seem to be communication issues. Like, guys on Michigan's offensive line aren't getting beat straight up. What's happening is, like, Henderson expects that Keegan's going to help him on the inside and Keegan's busy doing something else. Or Donovan Edwards and Henderson are going after the same guy. So, I think uh, as in a man-to-man situation, like Michigan's not going to get beat very often, but picking up blitzes had been a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm.
3: You yeah. know, in, I had written in one of my books about trying to do an evaluation of the best Michigan quarterbacks ever, and to me right now, he's there with Chappius, who I had at number <laughs> two uh chapius was the quarterback for the mad magicians in 47 and 48 and there's a lot of similarities he didn't throw the ball a lot but when he did it was for a whole ton of yards per play plus he was an incredible playmaker he was a halfback uh, but yeah he was a halfback but he was a guy <laughs> yeah that
1: was the, the quarterback because they yeah. were r- running <laughs> yeah.
3: single wing yeah the uh, but yeah he's right there uh with the you know the best who who Played at Michigan.
1: Well, Harbaugh called him an amalgamation of Denard's speed, Tom Brady's uh, what was it, accuracy or, or or understanding of the game, and Rick Leach's winning and uh, Drew Henson's arm. So there's there's your player right there.
0: Well, one thing you do pick up on when you when you chart this stuff is that he is he's going through reads very quickly. So the dump off to Edwards that picked up. Oh, yeah. Not the not the flip, but just that little dump-off that gained 13 yards. Uh, Indiana drops a defensive end right into his first read, and it's like, all right. And then the, the middle linebacker bails in a Tampa 2 and goes to cover a post from Roman Wilson, and he gets through that read, he gets through that read, and it's like, all right, just flick it to Edwards. And the f- speed with which he got through that allows Edwards to run after the catch. And then on the Edwards flick, his first read – is again uh, a tight end where there's a defensive end that's dropped out, and he's got a blindside pressure coming. And it looks to me like he sees the defensive end drop out, and he's like, "Uh uh-oh. Like He knows that when that defensive end drops out that someone's coming to his backside, and he gets his head around. I think he gets a little peripheral vision of, of of the blitzer, and he's able to dodge that, get out of the pocket, and then get some Mahomes stuff going to Edwards. And I was just like, it was like Spidey sense. So he's is, he is really seeing the game at a very advanced level, and his mistakes are unusual. And because we do what we do, what we often focus on is why a play didn't work. And I think that kind of shades our coverage. And, and, but in reality, J.J. McCarthy is making decisions better than probably anyone I've ever charted. Yeah, man. He's... Uh...
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't know how your other charts have gone, but this was a game where he made so much right. the The play, the flip to Donovan, that was a missed blitz pickup, man. And he steps underneath the blitzer and gets the ball. To, I mean, you know, hey, Donovan was like, "Okay, I fix it. Just, just get it to me." Yeah. And, and he flips it to him right. And then, you know, you got the the uh, the the bust. By Ladarius on and I said they were they were running some good stuff. I mean, give them some credit. And a guy comes free and he makes that right. Right? He I think about the, the stutter and go with Barner. Barner is matched up with the corner. I think they they like the matchup. They ran stutter and goes on both sides with with their guys. And Barner doesn't get free. He just back shoulders them. I mean, we saw stuff like that all game long, whether it was with his legs or with his ball placement. You know the the first third down conversion of the game the the what Indiana did on that play that winds up in an interception if it's any other quarterback or, or if it's a quarterback with a lesser arm or who doesn't go through his reads as quick cuz they they did some tricky stuff on that play on yeah, that, that coverage mm-hmm. and the 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 safety still almost got back to to get a hand on the ball but JJ processed it so quickly and rifled it in there with such velocity that he couldn't get a hand on the football, he was doing that all day long.
3: Yeah. I have a question about the first sack. Indiana brings six. I think they bring the mic. The mic gets picked up, but the outside rusher does not. I mean, is that JJ's go responsibility? High. That one was yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, to me, that's that's he was in so fast. And usually, what you want to do is you want to leave the outside guy, yeah, but okay the the is coming from a little bit of depth and i thought like in an ideal world they would have let him go and then given jj yeah, enough time was to get, my get to that drag but you know it's you don't like live in an ideal world all the time so yeah
2: harbaugh you know jim said after the game look you know sometimes you you look at the other side and say they had a better call that, than we did i mean you're he's not gonna make every right decision right they're gonna be he he misses the pull yeah. he doesn't go hot on the play i mean that's gonna happen and give Indiana credit for some some good scheming. They got him. They brought more than Michigan had to block. And he was, you know, there there was not uh, a hot. He didn't go hot on that play. Yeah. Happens, and, right? Indiana
1: also had a. Uh, you got to give credit to. They had a player out there in in Casey. Aaron. He was. Yeah, Casey. Was there was good. the one play where you know. Yeah. You've seen JJ dust linebackers when he gets when he gets them where he wants them, right? He they, he's dusted those guys before and runs away from them, and he actually has time to run downfield or make a play or something. And Casey is on him so fast, JJ doesn't even see him. He f- ends up fumbling the ball because he gets there so quickly. And I watched that play a bunch of times last week, and I was like, "That's or last weekend," and I was like, "That's that's just a great
3: linebacker play." Yeah. He should think transfer portal. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right <laughs> You're right. hey man you play these
2: teams just like michigan state you're scouting yeah. those guys aren't gonna stick around for that like so who do you want who do you want from indiana right who do you want from from minnesota darius taylor didn't play but that uh, wouldn't be opposed to him coming home right
0: i don't want darius taylor anymore <laughs> Why don't you want Darius Taylor anymore? We're, because Kal- because but... Khalil Mullings and Ben Hall are going to be the best running backs in America next year. Mm-hmm. So,
1: a I, I, I pass. <laughs> I, I'm
3: with you on that.
1: Imagine we almost no. got Braylon Allen. Imagine <laughs> that, like, that back. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs>
0: now nah, let get, let that guy play at Minnesota, and yeah. he'll do hilarious things in Michigan State next year. Let's go. All
2: right, got to get to a break, guys. We'll come back on the other side, uh, get your your final thoughts on Michigan, Michigan State as far as the score, not who's going to win, but the score. And then, how you feel about this, Ohio, this Penn State-Ohio State game? I was uh, feeling pretty good about Penn State heading into the season, and that feeling has kind of dwindled as we've gotten closer to this game. I'll get you guys' take on it. On the other side here, Go Blog Roundtable and Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK,
0: The Ticket. Clear on the radio. Right I, I mean, Hall had like that four-yard run from the yeah. ten that I was just like, "Hot damn!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was He's, worried. Uh, I was worried, man, because I like I know you're like we're so in the bag for Kaleel Mullings, and I was just like, "Man, that 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 was really good."
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I think both those guys are they're huge and they have great feet, so. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting.
3: Mm-hmm. I like the fr- I like both oh, freshmen yeah. coming in too. I I really like the Hawaiian kid, or I assume he's Hawaiian.
0: Yeah, I mean you you can't.
3: I I know you tell me he's too small, but I'm not buying. Well,
0: I'm just I'm just saying like like I don't think you can pass those guys very easily. Like exactly. you could have a oh, oh no, cool.
3: I know, but yeah. it'll it'll take. I mean,
0: Cabana to me is more of a Donovan Edwards yeah. kind of. Jack Agree. of all trades type. So Agree. I think you can find roles for those guys on the team. But you think Jim Harbaugh is going to look at Toby Gerhardt's two and three and be like pass? I don't think <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> yeah, Khalil, Khalil has definitely
0: um changed the the
2: outlook as far as the, the guys, the hierarchy of guys on the roster. I mean, he can be a feature guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: they oh, believe he can be a feature guy. So uh good pot, good spot to be in, right? Uh, but uh, you never can have enough in these this day and age. Um, You know, especially as much as Michigan runs football and injuries and guys being unhappy and ready to
0: ready to go someplace
2: else. Yeah, but I think
0: I think if you've got guys who you believe in, I don't want to disrupt that room like Darius Taylor. He's a good running back. I don't think he's better than Michigan's guys. And I think like loyalty helps your
1: culture. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, you don't yeah. – I mean, there's no reason to go portaling for right now, even if the guy's you know, calling, you, calling you, yeah. Maybe I mean, they're – linebacker. they I think we're going to look back at this running back room and be like, oh, my God, can you believe these guys all played with each other? Like, when their NFL careers are out there and everything, like, that is – this is going to be, like, a list that people are going to talk about.
0: Like the charbonnet haskins quorum yeah. room. Yeah. Or – Zach Charbonnet had to transfer because he wasn't going to get playing time.
1: That's that's. I mean, that's what's going to end up happening here, right? One of these guys is going to be a superstar somewhere else because there's going to be too many guys. I mean, what well, if Edwards comes back because you know he hasn't put enough on the for the NFL this year? He he has
3: already. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I I don't think Edwards is likely to come back. Just my guess. Because the, the NFL is going to see him as exactly what they want. Yeah,
2: his 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 stock is gonna is taking yeah. such a hit right now. I don't think he'll have a choice. You
3: really? think he will come back?
2: I don't think he'll have a choice. I think he I think he wants to go. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but does it make business sense to, uh-huh. to to go on the heels of unless he explodes against? Well, Penn State, also, State.
1: I mean, this year we have Blake Corn, We have JJ. Next year. I mean there's a lot he could be the superstar of the team. Like a, a comeback is gonna be lucrative where it would not be in the past.
0: I mean uh, um, is Donovan uh, is Donovan Edwards gonna start next year if he comes back? I think he would. I don't I think I, he would.
2: I, mean, I think he I don't would know. And I
1: think they, they could you could call it whoever that's the starter, it's not he's not gonna get Blake Corm's level of usage. He <laughs> doesn't have to, right? Like you can have I mean, him be twenty carries a game and four catches a game, and that's your Donovan Edwards.
0: I mean, I guess the one disappointing thing about the offensive approach this year is we really haven't seen Edwards used as a Percy Harvin-type guy very much. Like, they've just been using him as a traditional running back for the most part, and I just feel that's not using a big part of his skill set. Like, have they thrown a wheel route to him this year? No. Yeah. Have they... Split him out and try to get him one on one with a linebacker. Not really. Well, here's well, here's so, my
1: point though. They have split him. him out.
0: I mean they they put him in the slot, but that's yeah, not and quite the same.
1: And they've had him run wheels. It's just he, see, he's taken I, out I a lot he, of, I don't think I, 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 don't, I don't think, think I've seen he's going to be
3: back because I think the NFL they will see what they've got with him
2: coming back on radio in five,
3: four, three.
2: And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050, WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Tribe on the other side. Before we, uh, I'm curious, fellas, how many Michigan fans do you think are going to be in the ground? That might be more compelling than the game itself. I've never seen <laughs> a Michigan takeover of Spartan Stadium, but I kind of think it might be on the horizon, Brian. What's the over-under or how many Michigan fans are in the, in the crowd come Saturday night?
0: uh I don't know because I, I I you know this fan base travels for bowl games very well, but they don't really do the whole like we go to Notre Dame and the stadium is red like Georgia did so it'll it'll be interesting but I mean personally I didn't find it worth my time uh because you know it's not gonna be a competitive game but it it could be. maybe the prices keep coming down and you know, everybody's selling those tickets as Michigan state fans. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So one guy said he got tickets to the game for 15 bucks a piece. Oh my God. (laughs) Really? Yes.
1: Yes, Wow. No, said he got tickets
2: for 15 bucks.
1: I mean, the, I I don't want to get too deep into like how the secondary ticket market works now, but all the tickets that you can see online are marked up, Dramatically from what the person is actually going to be getting. So if tickets are selling, you know, at sixty or eighty dollars online, they're probably selling at twenty fifteen dollars. You know, between the people, the rest of that is all just the the ticket companies and the schools are actually taking away the money.
3: I have the over under at five thousand for what it's worth. So <laughs> let's see.
1: I, I think I think we get, we're
2: going to look at this crowd and maybe maybe not by total number of fans, but the proportion of Michigan and Michigan State fans might look like a Michigan takeover I, by halftime. I, I bet yeah, you by the
1: fourth quarter, there's more Michigan fans in the building. Yeah. I mean, the fourth quarter, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, I far mean, her, too late. We leave too. Oh, wait, well, like, like, yeah, before yeah. the fourth quarter, it'll be more Michigan fans and Michigan State fans. How's that? I mean,
2: so score. Give me your score, Brian, so we can move on to a game that will actually be a game. A hundred and nothing. <laughs> you know, you know, here. here's the thing. So what I'll be looking for for defense, and in three of the last four games, I want to say, off the top of my head, they, there's been like that one big play. Can, yeah. they, can they avoid the one big play uh, in this yeah. game? Because other than that, man, they've been just flat out shedding teams, shutting them out, obviously. Well,
0: okay, more realistically, they're going to have a couple of july drives it's not like they have anything else to play for so literally everything in the playbook that they've practiced this year is going to come out and so i expect them to to hit a couple big plays get a couple scoring drives and then just get boa constrictor like you know realistically we're looking at like 35 to 10.
3: all right craig ross score Uh, i had 34 10 in my head so very very similar 30s
1: is something going to be the thirty-seven. No no, no, no way, yeah. man. No way. Michigan's, Michigan's going to score 45, and Michigan State's going to score 23, because they're, 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 they're practicing everything. There's always one drive that Michigan gets got on something, right? And there's always the one touchdown that they give up for some dumb thing. And then State's going to like bring out everything. They're going to have a trick play that they're going to run in the fourth quarter to make it look good so they can say they left with dignity, and it'll be 45-23. That's my guess.
2: I think Michigan is going to score 50 for the third week in a row. Uh,
3: the question is, well, well Sam, that's it, never it,
2: happened. I, you know what else? You know what else? What? I, I, if Michigan State plays as poorly as we've seen them, pour, uh, them play, I think we could see the first 60. 60 the first 60 <laughs> spot in 100 years in this game. I had Ira look it, look it up and said, Ira, when is, has Michigan ever scored 60 against Michigan State? He went back to 1922. Isn't that the year, Mr. Weintraub? It was something like that. 1922. So it's been just about 100 years since Michigan has scored 60 in this game. I can't predict that, but I see him going 50 because you know if Michigan has a chance to run it up in this game, they are going to run it up. There there will be no taking the foot off the gas pedal in this contest. They they can taste it. How many guys did we talk to in the summer? they were coming in like they they've had Michigan State circle but you can kind of see man it they they still feel a certain kind of way about that tunnel assault and as bad as Michigan State is these players haven't forgotten about that these coaches haven't forgotten about that and I think that's gonna play a role in how badly they beat up on Michigan State they don't
3: think it was the tunnel's fault Not at all. Not at all. But oh,
1: I do think they get 50 points. They'll score 50 yeah. in this game. We'll it, see. That that we'll 22 game it was 63 nothing by the way. And the man, who did that to them was Tall Paul Goble, who is the forgotten first number one wide receiver at Michigan. So Okay. Let's let's, let's see a some Roman Wilson Buzz. touchdowns.
2: <laughs> Buzz Goble, who is a good friend of the show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, so hopefully Buzz is doing well. All right, fellas. Ohio State Penn State. Brian go. What do you say you see this game? I,
0: I mean, it's going to be a rock fight. Uh, Drew Aller has the lowest uh, air yards per attempt in the big 10 by a yard or two. And this is a a conference that has Iowa in it and (laughs) they can't run the ball, but their defense is absolutely lethal and it is poised. It's designed to stop Ohio state. So they have great edge rushers and, you know, Ohio state has sort of stabilized their, their pass protection, but, I still go back to that spring game where it's like, okay, here's Sawyer and JTT against these tackles. And it's just over, very over. And so I think Kyle McCord is going to have a tough time sitting back in the pocket and picking guys apart. You know, Kalen King is one of the guys that can hypothetically match up with Marvin Harrison one-on-one and not get eviscerated. Like I think both defenses have the advantage here, but I still think that Ohio state has the best player in this game. And it's Marvin Harrison Jr. And where is Penn State going to get an explosive from? I just don't see it happening. So I think, you know, you're going to see a real tight game, and then Harrison's going to do two or three things that put the Buckeyes over the top.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Seth? Yeah, I, I was calling Penn State at the beginning of the year. I think Penn State's the overall better team. I think that they are very well suited to be, to beating up Ohio State defensively. And I think it's the opposite the same thing on the other side that the way ohio state's been manning up a lot lately uh works against penn state because they like to throw short they are not throwing long at all right they, i think they have the lowest um distance uh of ball from the air of in the conference at least and it might be one of the in, one of the lowest in the nation and that means they're you know they're good at hitting underneath now mass UMass ran and against them and got slaughtered but that's UMass. That's not Ohio State. We're going to talking about a lot of a, a, an upgrade. But you know, there there are ways to get explosive against that defense. Um, I think that they're some of their safeties are a little bit weak when they and they like to screw around with their coverages and don't necessarily know how to run them and I think that there are ways to get them downfield if Penn State's been practicing that. I, I just don't think that they can protect Aller long enough for him to do that. That's where that's where the game's going to be decided.
3: Well, so do you, who are you picking?
1: I'm still picking Penn State. I had Penn State at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking with it. I I think that Ohio State's just not as good of a football team. And, like, they do have the best football player on this field. But I could name, you know, the next seven best te- players on this field are probably Penn State yeah. guys.
3: Yeah, I'm right? leaning to Ohio State um, for the same – similar to Brian. I think they'll have the best player on the field. I also think Ryan Day's a better coach than James Franklin – Oh. And, and and more on game day <laughs> yeah and and more less likely to make uh, bonehead plays than than franklin is uh, so i i think it'll be a close game but i'm leaning to ohio state
2: yeah man i i came into this season uh kind of feeling like this was this was a game where Penn State had a decided advantage at the quarterback position. I do I do think Drew Aller is more talented, but as the season has unfolded, and Ira pointed this out yesterday, he said, man, his home road splits are starkly different. Now, m- most guys are worse on the road than they are at home, but he's he goes all the way down to being a 50% passer on the road. They are not really getting uh, much in the way of the downfield passing game. Surprisingly, their running backs for as good as they are, they don't have a single run over 20 or over 19 yards this season between them. That's shocking to me. Maybe that's a indicative of just how much they've uh, been a str- on the struggle, uh, on the struggle, uh, have issues on the offensive line. And then there's James Franklin. I mean, can do you have the coaching acumen to bridge the gap in the big game? And he's just not a big game coach. I have to go search these stats out three and 12 uh, against top 10 opponents since the 2016 season. None of those wins have come on the road. He's two and five when both teams are in the top 10. Uh, Those two wins were Wisconsin and Utah in in the Rose Bowl. I mean, you look at his best chance in Columbus of 2017. He had two 18-point leads in that game. Mm. He had an 11-point lead in the final six minutes and lost. (laughs) He is just not a big game coach. And as much as I want to see them in this battle of 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 turds, right? As much as I want to see them coming out being the best smelling turd, them being Penn State, I can't. I just I can't find the confidence in me to do so because they do have Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side, and they are at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sam, who they play on the road? Who they play at home? Right? Like they they Indiana's got a you know their defense is at least funky, right? They played Indiana way. They played Notre Dame on the road. They're tough, and then Purdue. And I don't really want to count Purdue because they manned up against Marvin Harrison, and that was the game. But like I they think, played
0: uh, the home road splits for drawlers.
1: Drew drawlers. Drew drawlers. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about McCord. No. I don't know. no, Like my thing about McCord, though, where I where I fall into Penn State here is I think McCord's going to throw some picks. I think that like he is not seeing the ball well. That when I that's what I wanted to get to about uh, about Purdue is that like. That was easy for him. He knew exactly where the guys were going to be. They ran the same coverage every play. You know, Ryan Walters is going to build a team there, but he does not have the horses to run man against Marvin Harrison right now. It was too easy, right? And and they, all he they had to do was, like, hey, Cade Stover's matched on a guy who can't cover him. Marvin Harrison's matched on a guy who can't cover him. Easy. That's an easy read. Uh, he's not seeing the ball well when you throw difficult things at him. I think Penn State's going to throw a lot of looks at him. I think that's really going to mess him up. And this team loves to pick the ball off. They, I, I don't know where they stand in, in interceptions, but I watch their games. And they look dangerous.
2: I got to go to Brian brought up Kalen King. This is a money game for him. I, I felt like, I felt like Benjamin Morrison in that Notre Dame game really – established himself as, like, mm-hmm. a dude, right? We know Kalen King is a dude, but you you go out and ball out ag- against Marvin Harrison, I mean, you shoot up draft boards. You shoot way up draft boards if you can go out there and do that. And that's a game-changing thing in this contest because that's their offense, mm-hmm. right? They, it's not like they, they run the football great either. It, they say they're going to get Trevion Henderson back in this contest, but really their offense is throwing up to Marvin Harrison. If you can slow that down, right? If you can man up on him, like the way that Notre Dame did with Benjamin Morrison, and then cover the other guy, give some other guys some of them. Muka's supposed to be back. Now you got something, right? I just don't know. We're going to see in in this contest, and I'm having a hard time feeling like they're going to be able to do that in this game as much as I think Kalen King is a ball player.
0: Well, I mean, the thing about Penn State is that You know, Chop Robinson isn't a great run defender. Their defensive tackles are kind of the most mid part of their defense. But Ohio State is supremely unprepared to take advantage of that stuff, right? Like Michigan is going to throw a bunch of tight ends out there and ask these crazy athletes to actually stand up to the heat. But Ohio State, I mean, if they get Henderson back, is he going to be 100%? Is mine Williams going to play? Is Chip Tran going to play? Are they going to have to use Dallas Hayden again? Like, even if they were fully healthy, I don't think that they're particularly good at running the ball. And then, like, even if they do hit Marvin Harrison deep for a chunk, like, their short yardage run offense is pathetic. Pathetic. So, I still think Ohio State is going to win because I think Marvin Harrison is going to get some touchdowns. But if you put them down in the red zone, like, they're going to have issues. Especially if you put 11 guys on the field. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. So uh, you got Penn State, uh, Craig. Oh no, you got Ohio State, Craig and Brian. Yeah. You said Ohio State as well.
0: Yeah, I got Ohio State.
2: And then you got Penn State, Seth. We are okay. <laughs> we shall see. Mm, I'm still. Not, I, I'm not supposed to give my pick until. Saturday. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so
0: I'm well kinda, that game you can give before for the Penn State Ohio State game. We're gonna be on the air after the game is over.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning. <sighs> we we'll give it tomorrow morning. I hate where I'm leaning with this. Uh, Well, uh, now now we know
0: where you're leading. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas,
2: I appreciate you every single week. Always a ton of fun. Be sure to check them out over, over at MGO Blog where they get it done every single week. You can find them here on the Michigan Insider every single Thursday in the 9 o'clock hour. See you tomorrow here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The Ticket, the official voice of the University of Michigan Sports, Ann Arbor, a Cumulus Station.